Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by $1 Genre. Hey everybody, it's AJ here. Just letting you know that I have started a new project called $1 Genre, and here is how it works. Um, this year, 2022, I aim, my New Year's resolution, I aim to make one film a month. So that's 12 films, 12 short films, I should say. Um, and I want you guys to be involved. And the way you can be involved is over at patreon.com slash $1 genre. If you go on there uh, for $1, donate a dollar, and every month you will get to suggest and vote on the genre of the next short film I'm going to make. Does that sound like a familiar business model to Cole Popshire? Maybe. Maybe I saw something that worked and thought maybe I could do it again. You can go over there, you can suggest anything from rom-com to Soviet propaganda. Whatever you think is a genre, suggest it, and if it gets enough votes... I will make a short film based on that suggestion. Um, this is a super exciting project. I'm really excited about it, so I hope you guys are all really excited for it too. Uh, you can also follow $1 Genre on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to a YouTube channel. But the main thing is the Patreon, so if you want to support AJ and a new project and you want to make me make something stupid or cool, up to you, then head on over to uh, $1 Genre, patreon.com slash $1 Genre, and get involved. Um, some of you are already there already, and I, I really appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, cool. Let's get to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Cold Popshire podcast. It's the new year, and it's the new me. Uh, I'm AJ, previously known as AJ, but now I'm new AJ. I'm, mm. I'm the, the new AJ, and I'm over here with the the, the classic Richard, the mm. classic model. Yeah. We're trying out new AJ and classic Richard here on the Cold Popshire podcast. <laughs> That's classic Richard. <laughs> but, um, although at some point I imagine... Mm. You will, you'll flop, and mm. classic AJ will make a triumphant return. And we'll make millions. <laughs> but that being said, what is the difference between new AJ and classic AJ? Almost nothing. Mm. I, actually, literally nothing, I would say. Yeah, well, this AJ is making 12 short films. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm making 12 short films. You've probably heard me talk about it in a little preamble, so get mm. involved in that. You're, you're in the middle of making one right now, I believe. I, w- I wonder what it is. We're recording this ahead of time, but mm. quite the, a considerable... The, the poll's about to shut, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know what it'll be. Mm. <laughs> and I'm excited to see it, just like the rest of the world. Uh, head on over to $1 Genre on various platforms, including Patreon, to get involved in that. So, 
it is quite it's we've we've it's quite early in the morning for at least for recording we um we we woke up at 9 a.m it's currently you know the magic revealed uh it's currently the 31st of december we've Mm. got plans for new years and cannot keep cannot record any later than right now so we've already recorded a generic movie podcast episode for patreon and are now Mm. going into uh recording this for the main show i've got my little oat milk coffee um Mm -hmm. to try and wake me up throughout the episode but i'm defying how tired i feel by pretending i'm not tired does that make sense yeah uh but what we are here to talk about today is the uh marvel cinematic universe tv shows Mm. of 2021 so uh marvel started a new thing this year it was supposed to start last year but there was a bloody pandemic and yeah so we ended we had this these new shows uh premiere on disney plus we had five of them come out this year insane insane it it was insane until i realized oh it is just that that some of these were supposed to come out last year i guess yeah yeah (laughs) i think um so the five tv shows we're talking about are wandavision falcon and the winter soldier loki season one what if season one and hawkeye and so falcon winter soldier was supposed to be the first one and was supposed to come out last year well 2020 i should say right the reason we're doing this is, is because this is sort of the second part of our MCU uh, quote-unquote phase four coverage that we did for um, the movies right. of 2021, which we did um, uh, two weeks ago. And all of this being sort of a a follow-up, a film franchise follow-up to our MCU episode because it looks as if the MCU would be- begin to become untenable if we're ever going to do a Mm. proper return to it later down the track after whatever they're calling phase four comes to a close uh so yeah go back and listen to our episode on the uh marvel cinematic universe movies of 2021 if you haven't uh but this is going to be on the marvel cinematic universe tv shows of 2021 on disney plus which as you said there is the insane number of five of them and i think that's insane <laughs> because there's this idea that like tv shows are like the little brother to movies you know what i mean like mm. it's like it's uh, these they're only tv shows so let's chuck five of them out but it's like tv shows are longer they probably cost around the same to make if not more like mm. what a what a crazy output the marvel cinematic universe this year put out four movies and five tv shows that's nine separate projects um yeah and it, god what a crazy world to live in and it's funny as well because when disney plus first launched in in late 2019 they launched with the mandalorian and i was like sweet gonna watch this and then it ended and then there was nothing there was nothing to watch after it ended and i always thought like why wouldn't you line up the t- different tv yeah. shows to to air one to two weeks after the last one so that you keep people subscribed for a reason and then that's what they did this year i don't know why they i mean obviously that things weren't ready in time i guess but it's, it was always yeah, weird to me pandemic. that well the pandemic was after would have been after the plan to yeah it was still even without yeah without the pandemic there was still a flaw in their release mm-hmm. schedule that they 
they launched quite bombastically with yeah, the Mandalorian and um, High School Musical, the musical, the series. And then, yeah, there was nothing planned for so long. And then it all got delayed as well. Mm. But it's here and we're here to talk about it. So let's talk about what we thought of the TV. Do we want to do gen- general thoughts at the end? Go through all the shows first? Or like, what did you think of the year of television, you mean? Yeah, do we want to do that at the end? Uh, yeah, okay. We, can, right. do, we can do it now, I don't mind. Let's do it now, yeah. What right. do you think of the year of television for Marvel? I don't think they're very good. <laughs> I think that Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows is maybe some of the weakest stuff I think we've seen in the MCU. Um, I liked two of the shows. I didn't mm. like one of the shows, and I thought the other two were all right and then got bad. That's yeah. like and and I'm di- I'm pretty disappointed with these these shows and I have very little nice things to say about them I think <laughs> going forward to be honest wow. which is strange because I used to be like the MCU isn't necessarily great but it can do no wrong and I don't there's one there's one plot element that happens in one of these shows that is my least favorite thing to ever happen in the MCU and um when when I say I can do no wrong, what I'm saying is like even the quote unquote bad MCU films are still like they don't ruin the story, unlike Star mm. Wars, which when there's a bad Star Wars movie, it retroactively destroys everything they've built. They'd never had anything like that. Like Thor, I think I said, talked about this last week that Thor two is like bad, but it doesn't make me not care about the series anymore. It doesn't ruin the series. But there's something mm. in, in one of these that I did actually take that they ruined thor 2 they ruined thor 2 so let's get into starting with i presume wandavision yeah you presume accurate no oh, thank you so, so wandavision uh debuted in all the way back in january last mm. year um wow, january really? 15th 2021 i uh, ran for nine episodes which is quite a few um mm. i'll say it mm. and what's wandavision about um well, start kicking off with maybe their most eclectic and uh, experimental show. Um, WandaVision was about uh, Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, and Vision, who had previously died in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, but WandaVision um, was the sort of twin Pixian mystery where every episode uh, was stylized as a different decade of sitcom where you'd slowly work out what was going on with Wanda, how is she hanging out with Vision, why was it like I Love Lucy or t- 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 or Malcolm in the Middle. Um, and uh, eventually what is revealed is that she is made like a mind palace and she's recreated yeah. uh, Vision because it turns out she's actually very powerful. Yeah. And there are, there are a whole bunch of, is it Sword that's trying to? Yeah. Sword um, is, is trying to essentially apprehend her because she's dangerous and there's also one of the sitcom characters in the sitcom world um is revealed to be agatha harkness a, a witch from marvel comics played by katherine hahn who is ultimately the the big bad of the show hmm. spoilers for, for all these shows by the way <laughs> yeah so so this episode this series um most of its episodes were these sort of self-contained a different decade um the first two episodes premiered together and were quite a bit shorter than the rest of them Mm. but it's clearly just like these could have been one episode but they just wanted to do the 50s and the 60s right um even though 
they're mostly indistinguishable. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, the seventies episode, things sort of really kick off. Um, mm-hmm. Wanda gets pregnant. Uh, she has twins named Billy and Tommy, who are who kids in the comics. And because the the baby, she gets pregnant and has the babies like very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, there's a, a nosy neighbor called Geraldine who shows up she ends up getting kicked out when um wanda realizes she's a member of sword and then we get our episode four we get the sort of what's actually happening um a little bit and that's when we see we went jimmy woo um from the ant-man movies um or ant-man and the wasp and uh darcy from the thor movies mm. are like members of so it's like bringing in these random side characters from different properties i and i did i really like that and i think that's where mm. sub, the concept of a cinematic universe can really shine is is like yeah having these um free agents that that cross different franchises and different movies within the cinematic yeah. universe um but i do i remember you like so episode four hmm. they do the like okay hmm. like pull back the curtain um and i remember you being so adamant that this was like an insane time in the show <laughs> to reveal that and i remember like not agreeing at all hmm. um and so i want to cast our minds back to january 29th 2021 yeah okay we love that (laughs) well so basically i think when you're when your show is only nine episodes long i think maybe that was a consideration i didn't have at the time but i do think it's i it's it's like they wandavision is a cowardly show i think because it it tiptoes into unprecedented um kind of like this extremely extremely stylistic form of storytelling that the mcu have been criticized time and time again for not doing and now they go hard into a direction nobody expected them to um and the first three episodes are quite mysterious and quite like oh what's going on and then the fourth episode um it's like if twin peaks revealed everything four episodes in like i don't know it's it just it's just it's i say Twin it's significantly longer than nine episodes though i guess so but i guess what i'm saying is like is that it's this this show the the biggest sin of this show is that it was touted as being quite different and quite interesting but then it ultimately was able to wiggle its way back into its comfort zone um which mm. something something we see with that episode and then ultimately the fine finale, finale of the show um which took this this super interesting concept of it's a different sitcom every episode and turned that into um no it's a marvel movie which you know obviously I'm not the first person to make that observation about the series. Um mm. but I do agree that it that it it was bad. I thought I thought it was a shame to to go from something as crazy as um superheroes in a modern family esque type show and then, mm. you know, like Yeah, I mean I mean the, the 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 sitcom stuff was great and it was really well done as well. Mm-hmm. Episode five though had a big sort of bombshell that i think mm-hmm. uh we want to talk about and people are going to want us to talk about well f- first what was your favorite sitcom send up what was your favorite style parody i really like that later on they do um uh mid to late 2000s and it's no the uh early 2000s yeah, late yeah. 90s early 2000s is um a parody of Malcolm, most specifically malcolm in the middle mm. for the halloween episode um, I agree. That, that was also my favorite episode, and I thought, or at least my favorite parody. And I thought, what's crazy about this is that, um, is to see something like Malcolm the Middle being used as a intertextual 
element. Mm. Like usually the the intertextual elements are like Shakespeare and like these classic works of liter- literature, which which yeah. parallel the character journeys and and, and stuff like that. Uh, but in this, it's it's Malcolm in the Middle, and it's not just like a vague parody. Like in another episode, you see them watching Malcolm in the Middle. It's just mm, very funny. Right, yeah. It's very funny to like see such a what I would call quite a con- a relatively contemporary TV yeah. show that is quite inherently silly to see that be used as as a mm. um a, a, a metatextual backbone to a story is very odd and, and but i kind yeah. of liked how weird that was and yeah. also um it's worth pointing out as well that like elizabeth olsen who mm. plays wanda just her acting is incredible in this sure, series yeah. like and and nailing each of the different styles mm. is so it's just so fun. it's such a joy to watch mm. every week but yeah there is at the end of the um it's like the full house episode i guess mm-hmm. that yeah wanda and vision have a massive fight and then there's a knock at the door and they open it and pietro her her brother quicksilver appears played by aaron taylor johnson in the marvel cinematic universe however he's been recast and he's now played by evan peters who played him in the fox uh films uh and like the x-men films mm. so this you know being a very sort of like oh my god the the now that disney's bought fox fox is officially canon the fox films are officially canon mm. and they're officially in the MCU. I dare, so I dare say it was a it was a watershed moment for media, you know, like mm. this this mass, one of the massive biggest deals in in filmmaking history for for better or worse, probably for worse, happened with wow. with Disney buying Fox, and then we have this moment where that officially bleeds into the entertainment we consume and it was it was like damn like i felt a little like profound watch it when when he shows Mm. up at the door because it's like it kind of felt like it represented the world changing in a little bit a bit of a way you know (laughs) but yeah in the final episode though a much maligned um decision is that so it's revealed that the westview is essentially wanda has brainwashed this entire small town to live out her sitcom fantasy mm-hmm. um and these people are like aware that they're, it's like they're in like the sunken place and get out it's that kind of thing where these people are still aware of what's happening to them but are being psychologically tortured mm. um and uh pietro or evan peters is actually just a dude called ralph boner mm. who just like happens to look exactly like the um fox uh quicksilver so i know aj you think this is one of the greatest casting decisions in the mcu is that right no uh for context if you're not the two people who'll know what richard is talking about someone on our discord uh, erroneously declared that i would consider the the ralph boner plot twist to be genius <laughs> unprecedented in the mcu or something like that which to be fair <laughs> i can understand why someone might think i would think that um i do like my subversive uh wasp nest kicks <laughs> in movies and tv shows mm. um but this i just thought was so weird like t- because essentially they cast evan peters they could have cast anyone it didn't need to be evan peters well so that's that's my that's that's my uh, like i'm i think the ralph biner reveal is a bit silly but i think that 
it doesn't it doesn't need to be canonizing the Fox movies because and I would argue they had to cast Evan Peters because um what so the, the idea is that she opens the door and she sees someone who is her brother but doesn't look like him mm-hmm. and there's exactly one person in the entire world that you could cast in that role so the audience has the same right. reaction as Wanda. And that's Evan Peters. I guess so, so. I would argue the casting of Evan Peters was actually the most important thing. You thought it was a genius, unprecedented move in the unprecedented MCU. Unprecedented in the MCU. Um, I think, I understand, I don't, that's a really, really great defense of a, a hated plot point in this show, <laughs> I think. Um, and and that's, that's really interesting. I think... I think you were just you're risking so much by going down that path, and I think mm. people saw it as insulting. To and first of all, I don't actually care if the MCU and the X Men, the established X Men movies, cross mm. over. I actually don't think they should, and so yeah. I'm not one of those people who are like this has to happen. But to see it teased and then treated like the audience being treated like we're stupid for thinking that's what it was, mm. when even like the 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 biggest nail in the coffin was if you watched that episode with the like um vision impaired commentary on do you know about this mm. there so you, oh, yeah. you can watch things where like a voice will tell you what's happening on screen yeah. while it's happening and when that happened in the show someone put on the vision impaired um like commentary and this vo- the voice is like um she opens the door and sees her brother pietro but it is not the pietro you may be familiar with it is the pietro from the x-men films you know mm. so like it expressly says it meaning that you know marvel uh, this obviously they, they were aware of what they were doing yeah. but they were aware of what they were doing to the point where they wanted you to think something to then be like it's actually not what you thought Surprise. and also it's boner is a funny word yeah and also <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's i, I think it's so it's so dangerous to give people something to not give the audiences what they want and give them something worse, something they don't want instead. Mm. Um, and I say that being someone who didn't want the X Men to cross over, so I'm not personally yeah. offended by it. I just think it's a, it's a it was cruel to those that did want it. Yeah, I think that you like because because I, I I like the whole thing of like you know they want to have, but I think it's like you don't need to have a character be recast i don't think that was a a trope they needed to address Mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't really pay off it's like like i think you needed aaron taylor john like it's clear that aaron taylor johnson just didn't want to be a part of this right Um, and and because there's there's moments where she sees she has a like a flash a vision (laughs) of his like um bullet riddled chest Mm -hmm. and i think those visions needed to be played by Aaron Taylor Johnson for, to, for the, the recasting thing to work. Were they not? No, he doesn't appear at all in the show. No. And oh, so okay. I think, yeah, to, 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 for her to reconcile with the fact that her mind has recast Pietro, mm. you need Aaron Taylor Johnson to also appear. And I think the, this, to me, just screamed, we couldn't get him, but here's a cooler <laughs> idea of having the Fox guy show up. But then not being able to make that work i mean yeah. yeah so so it was almost like reverse engineered so that they didn't realize the the carrot they were dangling until they'd gotten into yeah got established that through a different way mm. which is interesting with this show as well because it's something like obviously marvel fans are like the most fucking rabid <laughs> dogs <laughs> in um in media consumption <laughs> and it's interesting watching <laughs> 
um watch because because obviously like we, we saw this with no way home and stuff like that where it's just like you know so much so much um speculation on the internet and just openly discussing leaks and stuff like that but it's really interesting watching like that that fan base watching something week to week because also this these series were done in the disney plus release model not the mm. netflix release model of one episode a week apart from the first two and so like being a part of or seeing that like rabid discussion and theorizing and everything and i think that was why all uh, people ultimately left the show somewhat disappointed because like during it like the show it was like this was like the most exciting thing just like every episode was just like little extra pieces to yeah, a mystery yeah. and I, I'd, I'd say none of the other mcu's achieve, shows achieved that either like this is the mm, only well, I think, one i think i actually think people were burnt by wandavision and didn't do that so much but also mm. like wandavision is centered around a mystery and yeah. so that is something that you want to solve as well oh but there's still like you know who is this character that they keep talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. and falcon and the winter soldier and stuff yeah sure but like um the one of the main things that um if you cast your mind back that <laughs> about the show was the idea that mephisto would show up at some point <laughs> like it was like it, it it was one of those things that in the nine week or the eight weeks seven weeks whatever that this show aired that people um it started out as like a real fan theory of like i reckon mephisto was going to show up. mephisto being like sort of the mcu's version of the devil mm-hmm. or the Mar- marvel's version of the devil um that and everyone was like yeah yeah no there's all these clues to mephisto and then that reached such a like tipping point that then midway through the series it was like a joke it was a meme that mephisto would appear and then by the end it was like you you were actually stupid if you ever thought mephisto would appear <laughs> and like it, it became this huge thing and then like um jack schaefer the the writer or um the, one the of the creator, writers yeah yeah the head writer yet um was like i i have no idea who mephisto is and i didn't know that we were teasing him apparently there was also a lot of theories that um dr strange would appear at some point because you've got uh you know they're dealing with magic and stuff and wow uh, elizabeth olsen confirmed to appear in multiverse of madness so it mm. seemed like those two and apparently his he did have a cameo but it had to be cut or like they couldn't film it because of COVID. well because the the commercials that break up the show the like mm. fictional commercials were supposed to be Doctor Strange intercepting the yeah. the the vision the the vision the the TV show um which yeah, I thought was I thought was interesting because those commercials now stand in the show with zero explanation they're the only mm. thing that exists purely for the audience and not for not for the characters experiencing them um and so it's interesting to have not not explained them <laughs> i think, I think yeah. it's very strange my favorite doctor strange related fan theory was when they for some reason um re-uploaded a newer version of the final like quietly yeah. so that no one would notice and then everyone thought they could see a cloaked figure moving down the mountains towards the cabin in the final moments of the series where wanda now um is in hiding uh and what's so funny about that is that it's clearly a um and and if if you're if you're a video editor like you and I are, you would watch this mm. immediately and be like, "That's a mat." But mm. like, I'm assuming most people who most Marvel fans maybe aren't video editors, so they're like, "It's a weird <laughs> shape moving down the mountains." What it is for those who, who never found out the answer to this is it's um when the when the shot comes to a to a static, you know, when it stops moving, when it stops zooming in, um the shape you're seeing down the mountain 
perfectly fits a frame a like a window pane and mm. so what it is is that obviously they had a bit of glare on it they had a bit or you could see the cameraman in it or yeah. something like that and so they covered it over with what's called a mat which is essentially like blurring it um with, with and then but then forgot to put it in there or track it in there from the beginning of the shot which starts all far back zoom because if you put your if you watch that scene and you look for the the supposed doctor strange cloaked figure moving down the mountain if you point to it it doesn't move on the screen it's, it yeah, looks it's like the it's screen's moving. moving behind it. It's because the screen's moving. And it's, God, it's so funny that people thought that was Doctor Strange. But then the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came out and was showing where he meets Wanda. I mean, it may as well have been him. <laughs> like, it, it may as well have been. Um, so, but I, always th- I thought that was such a funny aspect of it. Um, one thing I did like about this series, Richard, is its episode mm. titles probably the most imaginative episode titles of any of the shows. Uh, The first episode is called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. Episode two is called Don't Touch That Dial. Episode three is called Now in Color. Episode four is called We Interrupt This Program, which is my favorite thing about that concept that I didn't like. Um, The (laughs) next one is On a Very Special Episode. And the next one is All New Halloween Spooktacular then uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall, Previously On, and the series finale. I just, great great work on the titles mm. team <laughs> best thing about the show yeah. <laughs> um also um it's worth pointing out that we um we meet monica rambeau in this series mm-hmm. um who becomes a superhero by the end of it and is going to be in the marvels tv right. show okay which is uh, in the movie, I, never, I always lose track of where we're going to see these characters again all these new <laughs> characters so ultimately like and for those who, who never saw it basically the show is the first like few you know five to six episodes are these send-ups of sitcom tropes and stuff and and a really interesting exploration into the history of sitcoms something the mcu didn't necessarily need to touch on but Mm. go for your life um and then it becomes like all of that is dropped for a very mcu cgi fight in the sky in the series finale and it just left me very conflicted because it's hard to to it's like i've tried to rank these with the movies on my mcu ranking which i think is insane and and i've also rated them on letterbox and stuff and it's like <laughs> it's like i gave i think i gave wandavision three stars which is so weird because episodes like all new halloween spectacular i'd probably give a lot higher mm. and but it's because you are dealing you are trying to you're rating what is essentially several shorter movies as one thing it becomes quite it, it, it takes it down a bit and it's it's just weird to be like this this incredibly imaginative show with some really interesting ideas and i've given such a middling rating to because i just was so disappointed by how generic the ending was mm. so i don't know will we will that happen again will we will we see something similar happen with one of these other shows that's the question mm. Yes, well, we we'll will. get to that in a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, all right, yeah, WandaVision. The, the other thing I just wanted to quickly mention as well, just um, I remember talking about the the theories and stuff that um, because there was a lot of talk of like there's a cameo coming, and then you know ended up being um, Evan Peters, oh. and then um, and and the Paul Bettany the- plays Vision. Yeah. Um, talked about like uh, there's a scene coming up where I got to work with an actor I've wanted to work with my entire life and people were going through 
his entire filmography <laughs> and being like, well, it can't be Benedict Cumberbatch because they were they're, they're technically in Infinity and um Infinity War together, but they don't have any scenes together. And like people, are like, it must be this, it must be this. And then at the end of episode eight, um, there's a mid credit scene and the the sort of villain of Sword, um activates their version of the vision which is this all white mm. reassembled body and then it was like he's gonna be fucking talking about himself isn't he and then in the final episode there's this scene where paul bettany faces off and uh, the the wanders vision faces off with the white vision and they talk about the ship of thesis and mm. whatnot and then he the white vision disappears and um, which is like a sort of a loose thread dang- left dangling mm. but um it is real funny that yeah, like and 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 interviews and Paul Bettany being like, I didn't think people would think that much of it. <laughs> I just I was being cheeky. Like the worst, the worst really thing on on the subject of like fan expectations, something which ultimately like really did the show a disservice. I think it started this mm, conversation absolutely. on what fans expect from from their content. Um, but the worst case of this, a, a rare example where I actually agree with with the fan outrage, was they talked in the show about what was it? it was like a physicist or something. Early, oh yeah, yeah. Early on, they mentioned is it a physicist? Uh, yeah, some kind of scientist. Yeah, they they mention that there's someone that they're going to talk to, and everyone was like, "Who's it going to be? It's going to be Mister Fantastic." Like everyone had all these ideas over who this mysterious. Yeah key player was going to be in in taking down um wanda's mind palace um and then it ended up just being a guy and yeah. it was it was underplayed and and at the time i remember someone the director or someone was like hey it's your fault for expecting it to be this and apparently like it was going to be someone but then they felt they were cramming too much cameo into it yeah let me i just want to say if you had said, if you had said, "Oh, I've got a physicist friend," da da da, da the way it's it's framed in the show, it's, it's done like three times. It's as well, done like yeah. three it's, times. The way it's framed in the show, and it's like is never textbook. never says his name, but it's like I've got this friend yeah. we could see. Yeah, it is textbook setting up, and yeah. I that that to me like the Mephisto thing. I don't know who Mephisto is, and I I I was very <laughs> out of the loop with with the Mephisto yeah. expectations. So that didn't affect me at all. But if you you could watch the show without reading any fan comments and expect that character to be pretty significant. Mm, yeah. And I thought that was so, that was so dishonest of, of the creators to be like, Hey, you shouldn't expect things. It's not our fault. It's like, you made yeah. it sound like, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. That, that was, that was fucking weird. So that's, um, <laughs> WandaVision, um, mm-hmm. I also think that by the end of it, nine episodes ended up being a bit much, I thought. Um, it's the, it, the What If also had nine episodes, but all the rest had six. Mm. Um, I just I think one, I think WandaVision, like, I wish they'd found a way to keep that sitcom style still going. Mm. Even if, like, the final episode was, like, a merging of them all during the fight. Mm. Like, if it went black and white while they're fighting in the sky. and so, mm. Like, that, that. not only does that, like, it would make sense narratively, it means you're also not sacrificing that stylistic thing that everyone mm. was praising it for. That's what I would have done yeah. to, to fix the finale. You can still have it be a CGI fight in the sky. It should just be flicking back and forth. You could call the episode clip show, you know? Like, you could call yeah, it the yeah. best of or something, greatest hits. Like, mm. it's 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 such a... I mean, obviously, it would take... A, you, you know, you'd need to plan to film it that way, but it's just... Yeah, well, so like, you would do it, like, you know, that you smash into a house and that house is in the 60s. And totally, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
that would have been so much better, eh? Like that that way you you end the final still keeping the gimmick of the show intact, Mm. which so many shows, MCU or not, fail to do, I find. Mm. Just finished rewatching Lost and it it pisses me off how many episodes towards the end aren't don't have a central character, aren't like character centric, when like every single one before season five (laughs) is. Um, it pissed me off. Find a way to do it. You have a format. <laughs> you need to squeeze your story into that format, in my opinion, in the TV yeah. show. Uh, so next we had the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And this was like, a lot of people were like, yeah, I mean, WandaVision like, was it was an event. But Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And because I think just it's being a lot more grounded. Um, and then the show started and I was like, hot take i think this might be better than wandavision mm. um and then it finished and i was like i feel exactly the same way about wandavision as i do about falcon and the winter soldier that was yeah. that was my reveal where the i agree the first episode of of falcon and the winter soldier i was like oh wow this is quite mature quite good and like mm. um I f- I personally am so fascinated by the idea of the blip for, of the of Thanos snapping everyone away mm. for for five years, and because I just I I want to see a whole TV show dealing with a concept like that. It doesn't even need to be in the MCU. Just like what does yeah. a world do when half the universe was disappeared for five years? Like the ramifications mm. of that, I think, are still frankly unexplored in the MCU and will continue to be unexplored, I think, because uh. because they want to do their own stories that aren't shackled by law. Um but this one this one does deal with with a lot of blip fallout and there's there's revolutionaries and and all this sort of thing. Um and I, I was really interested in, in the way it was going. Um, as it goes on, I started to struggle because uh, the the characters who I uh, probably politically identified with the most were the villains. And I, but it's like, they're, they're only the villains because they have an ideology that I agree with, but then you also just have them blow up innocent people. Like yeah, that don't and be terrible actors and stuff like that. <laughs> like, like that was that's one of those things where it's like you are it it's it's corporate Disney, like making it sound like being an act like a, a communist activist is a bad thing because you're also you're also giving them things which aren't inherent to that worldview, mm. um, which is pretty unfair and and the, but then it would do things like um. Again, full spoilers for the show. Then it would do things like uh, um, the what was his name? Isaiah Bradley, who's a yeah. a um African American super soldier from the 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 the, the like I think World War Two, who like has basically lived his life um hiding from getting caught. Again. Yeah, who is the exact same origin story as Captain America, essentially. Yeah, but was but was black and so treated a lot worse. Um, mm. and and one of the episodes he says to um Falcon, he says they will never let a black man be Captain America because the whole story is about the, he, Falcon was given yeah. the the shield and it's the the ramifications of yeah. that. And I was like, Jesus Christ! I cannot believe that line is in this show. Mm. What a what a what an incredible piece of dialogue! What an incredible idea to communicate, which um, because it feels like they're talking not only about the the fictional world, but like 
Disney, like Comic book fans, yeah. you, you know, like like it feel it feels so self scolding, self critical mm. of the MCU to have a line. I couldn't believe that line was. Yeah. It. So let's um, let's just go over what the show is about. So sure. um, it's six months after the blip. Um, Sam Wilson has been given is publicly given the shield, and he rejects it. He's um, he hands it back over to the government and says, like, you know, this is put this on display. Um, and meanwhile, Bucky is, um, aka the Winter Soldier, is trying to make amends um, and return to a normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this group, the Flag Smashers, who believe that life was better during the blip because the, the countries essentially had no borders. I think was a lo- was a large yeah, part yeah. of their of their ideology. But then um, after Falcon has after um, Sam has given up the shield. The government appoints a new Captain America, a guy called John Walker, who is played by um, Wyatt Russell, and is a white man, obviously. Mm-hmm. So then the show that they they investigate the flag smashes. A lot of it's just sort of investigating that. While meanwhile, dealing with the government appointed Captain America, who's also trying to stop them and all this stuff. And yeah, there's the subplot about Isaiah Bradley, which was my favorite part of the show. Um, and then yeah, they they into they run into Sharon Carter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while also trying to investigate this mysterious power broker. And then uh, they also team up with Baron Zemo, played by Daniel Brawl, who was fun to have back. I forgot he was in it. I felt like he was so inconsequential to the show ultimately. Yeah, but he was fun. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, it's um, John Walker goes nuts. And in what I was like, fuck, man, this show's much better than WandaVision Mm. there's like a scene where his sort of sidekick gets killed and John Walker who secretly took the super soldier serum uh just like brutally murders this unarmed flag flag smasher in front of like a group of of bystanders who film him and there's the shot the the final episode of the the final shot of the episode is him just standing there it's a low angle shot and the Mm. Um, the shield is just splattered with blood and I was like, God, this is like going to be the most enduring image from this, this series. Well, it's also, it's also on foreign soil as well Mm. and was a a big, like, it was essentially like, it felt very post Black Lives Matter and Mm. like the Black Lives Matter protest because it was like, what if Captain America was a cop? (laughs) And, and, you know, and it felt like it was dealing with themes and ideas that I would have thought (laughs) very innocently that Marvel were too scared (laughs) to even touch, but they, they, they dive into them in a way that I was, I was, I was quite, I was admiring it quite a lot because of that. Um, and then, um, (laughs) the final episode happened and I think it's probably, the worst story that's been in the marvel cinematic universe so far (laughs) yeah so the everything sort of comes to a head um the uh, big battle yeah so the the main the head the head of the flag smashers is a woman called carly morgenthau she ends up uh, getting killed and i don't remember but so the, the the whole series is like oh should i be captain america should i not and like like you said like one thing i really loved about this is like early on they sort of talk about like, look, Steve was a great dude, but he and and like Bucky says this to to Sam is that like, look, Steve was pretty much perfect in every way, but he he 
the way he looked at the world, he didn't understand what it meant to give a black man that shield. Mm. And it's like, and you know, like after his death, acknowledging that, like, yes, Steve had white privilege. Yeah, exactly. As <laughs> interesting, but yeah, so like the whole thing is like, you know, is he going to take up the shield? Is he not? Or like, what's going to happen? And then the finale happens, and he just shows up, fully kitted out as Captain America, and then he gives this really bad speech to everyone being like hey you know how you were just held prisoner yeah um and you're like that's how black people feel every day so the more you know it's so it's so ham-fisted and it feels like the rest of the show was written by someone who understood this stuff and then someone who had a peripheral understanding came yeah. in and wrote the finale because the okay here it is here is my least favorite thing that has ever happened in the mcu something that i think yeah. is borderline unfixable and has kind of sullied the whole franchise for me <laughs> is i thought that um john walker was an excellent villain maybe one of the best we've seen in in marvel Mm. because because for for a lot of it as well he's not Mm. necessarily a bad guy he's just someone who's unaware of his privilege and that's what's so goddamn compelling about him right and And, terrifying about him and terrifying and then he kills a guy on foreign soil and and you there's that shot of him like lifting the shield where he looks terrifying and and you go oh my god he's a cop he's it's a cop Mm. it's a cop right and the the show is, is it's almost too clear on that point that it's saying like this is what america thinks of itself this is captain america you know and um he ends up teaming up with julia louis dreyfus's character and she basically he gets like dishonored and fired from being he gets an honorable discharge and all this sort of thing and then teams up with 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 julia louis dreyfus where it really feels like a really complicated despicable villain is getting developed one that is maybe a little too intense for superhero (laughs) movies (laughs) um and then in the final episode, uh, he has the choice between, what is it? He, there's a car falling off a, a parking yeah. building or him getting the chance to get away or something like that. And it's, mm. and, and he goes for the car and saves it. And, and the, the basically the episode, quote unquote, redeems him. And I was like, what the fuck? This mm. whole show has been a cab, and then the last episode is not all cops. <laughs> like it's, it's so, it felt so fundamentally misunderstood. And I remember it wasn't the director was like, oh, I think people wanted to see John Walker. They, they liked him and they wanted to see him get a redemption. And that that like quote was all over Twitter. People be like, oh, what? <laughs> like, like I liked the character because of how evil he was, and well, not evil, but like how um complicated the morals and ethics were with his character i thought it was a Mm. a insanely excellent and mature piece of storytelling Mm. to do this within the mcu like again like so much of the show feels like it's too smart or too mature for the mcu including the treatment of that character um and i just can't believe they redeemed him they even set him up with with julia louis dreyfus's character to be like and he gets he gets a new uh, identity by the end of it, the U.S. agent. The U.S. agent, and like I, th- I think like people have talked about like he's going to be a character in like a Dark Avengers kind of story. Yeah. Or what? That's all great. I can't believe he was even in the final episode. He shouldn't have been in it. 
You could you mm. could have left his story at episode five and not have him be in the final. It wouldn't have necessarily yeah. made the final any better. But I just I couldn't <laughs> believe they built up this complex, morally bankrupt, privileged character who could who like it's very rare you get a villain where you're like, I totally get your perspective and why you would think you're the good guy. Mm. And then to give him a, a comic book movie redemption, I thought was pathetic. Well, because the, the idea is like, so, and I don't know much about US Agent, to be fair, but like, so his part in the finale is he shows up to the final battle, which is Captain America and um, you know, now Sam and um, the Winter Soldier, uh, like fighting the Flag Smashers or whatever. And then he shows up to be like, and you've got to deal with me. And then he ends up being like, Oh, I'm going to save this car of people. Mm. Don't worry, Captain America. I'm here at your service. Um, and I think you can still have him show up in the finale, but like maintain, be an antagonistic force. I don't have an issue with him like saving a car full of people. And I think that that's maybe, you know, where you introduce that he becomes more like a, a Venom kind of mm. um, anti-hero where it's like, well, he hates Captain America or something, or he's willing to do the things that heroes aren't. But- he ultimately is pardoned. Does, he's pardoned. Yeah, yeah. He's he's pardoned, but he's like so he, he could show up to the final battle and save a car full of people. Realize that like oh fuck, like the like th- these guys are the villains. Like you know he sees Captain America and the Winter Soldier as the villains, but then he's like fuck, these guys are actually way worse. I'm going to stop them, but that doesn't mean I have to help mm. these guys because he he yeah it, for me it's the fact that he then just goes like whatever you need cap i'm on your side yeah, sure. like yeah it, it, like that's what I, I don't have an issue with him saving something and i think that him having that moment of realization is a good thing for that character yeah you're probably um, right but yeah it's just the it, it's such an immediate he's on our side now. and that's like, like it's such a weirdly written finale where it's like mm. they've just got these like it, it was so rushed and it was and like going into the finale, I was like, fuck, I mean, if they can nail this finale, this is going to be like miles better than WandaVision in my eyes. And now I I, I think it's like- I probably they, prefer both, WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, they both honest. have the same sort of arc of quality, mm. but WandaVision at least had these really interesting exactly. mysteries and, and swung for the fences in its first few episodes. But yeah, yeah, we, we, weird episode. But also this, this Falcon Winter Soldier is- the most sort of um if you look at the criticism of the marvel tv shows because you know going to marvel tv shows people were like am i going to be able to just watch the movies and not Mm. and not have to watch the tv shows because you know tv shows are a lot more of a time investment and they said no like you know things will happen will affect each other um and but the thing with falcon and the winter soldier is yeah so where do we leave sam in endgame he, he was given the he was shield. Given the shield. Oh. He was given the shield, and you go, okay. Well, next time I see him, he's going to be Captain America, and then we get a show, and it's like, okay, something different has to happen. He ends the show in the exact same place yeah. I would expect to have seen him without the show. Yeah, and I you think, can not watch the show and still watch the Captain America four. Yeah, you're not going to be like, why is he Captain America now? Because you yeah. were shown in the movie that he got given the shield. But I, I actually think this show would be a lot better if it came out after we saw him as Captain America again. Right. If it was like, if you know, because um, they make they are making a Captain America four with um the writer director of the show Mm. but i think if or if there was like an avengers movie or if he showed up to help out in shang chi or whatever and then we see this i think this would actually do the show a lot better because Mm. it's like 
here's point we're shown point a is him giving the shield in in the end of endgame and we're shown point b is him fully kitted out as captain america and it's like well how did we get here Mm. but instead it's like well why are you making a show if we know the end point and it's like well if that's the point of the show is that you do know the end point then that kind of solves that issue it's yeah Yeah. so and as well another weird criticism i think is like i barely remember what bucky does in this series it's Mm. it's so much more favorable of the falcon than the winter soldier i probably am more compelled by the falcon as a character but yeah like it's it feels and like the fact that a captain america has been announced and it's it's like it's not a winter soldier movie that's been announced because i Mm. don't think they mastered the um two a two protagonist show i think it felt a lot more like a falcon show than a winter soldier show for better yes yeah. but it's interesting so at the end of the show it goes like falcon and the winter soldier it comes on the end title card and then it changes where it says the falcon changes to captain america and the winter soldier which is like the whole show is about bucky trying to mm. like you know leave the title of winter soldier behind and that he's more than this like <laughs> mindless killing machine and then they're just like and 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 that day the falcon grew up to be <laughs> captain america yeah. and you're still you're still the winter soldier like i'm still always gonna think that of you it's also <laughs> weird to see that appear on screen because that's basically the title of captain america too yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's just like another movie's title pops up <laughs> yeah i will say as well so that this we had we were introduced back to agent 13 emily van camp um piggy uh sharon carter mm-hmm. and then we're also like there's this mysterious villain named the power broker so fucking obviously it's sharon it's so and on on the wikipedia page it just says that <laughs> it's yeah. just emily van camp is sharon carter slash power broker <laughs> but yeah like it just it was and then it's revealed to be her at the end and it's like didoy it's so fucking oh. yeah and it's and it's one of these things where it feels like it feels like one of those things where they were like oh emily van camp sorry you were done dirty in winter soldier and civil war come back for this and we'll give you like a really meaty role and she'd be like oh you know i'm so glad to play a villain and like really flex my chops and it's like it she, it, she didn't sell it at all i don't think mm. and the, the the turn the reveal that she's the power broker is like yeah obviously like and it's just another thing in like in making the finale just fucking messy and lastly the last thing i want to take issue with was um uh don Cheadle got a golden globe nomination for his 98 second scene in this tv show (laughs) isn't that insane why the hell was he nominated it's so weird even he was like i don't know what's going on (laughs) yeah it was very funny the, oh, the the other thing that I guess is worth mentioning as well is that apparently this series has like a deleted storyline. Yeah, the um, because it was going to be about a pandemic or the risk of a pandemic. Yeah, or like like a virus being released or something. Yeah. It's on the the uh, the MCU iceberg chart of the oh, no. the, the deleted Falcon and the Winter Soldier storyline. Um, yeah, no, it's so obvious if you because they instead they make it like um tuberculosis or something like an established yeah the tuberculosis uh, vaccine or something yeah like yeah and it's and it's it's not as focused on um but yeah yeah very strange very strange show maybe one of the strangest shows i've seen in a long time and not intentionally strange just like mm. the forces at work making a show which has these poignant self-critical statements on race and how how media and um 
and global like authority treat race but then we'll also be like (laughs) you've got to learn to be a good person senator and that's all i need to do is tell a senator that he's being racist and that'll stop him yeah that'll stop him from being racist Mm. so that's the falcon the winter soldier um (laughs) again three stars from me like some mm. five star content and a show I ultimately have to package as a three star yeah. thing. Um also I, I think the Falcon Winter Soldier suffered from being only six episodes. Well I think one division suffered from being yeah, dragged yeah. out to nine. I think Falcon Winter Soldier could have had another episode. Um or just because like Falcon and Winter Soldier don't appear together in the first episode, which I actually kinda liked. I thought that was like an a interesting decision. Mm-hmm to start um your series but then when you realize like we're a sixth of the way <laughs> through this show mm. and the characters haven't met yet yeah I, I actually got to the end of episode five and then someone was like next week's the final and i was like <laughs> like i was not expecting i wasn't ready oh, for yeah. a final uh all right that's fucking winter soldier next up is a show called loki mm. so loki uh came out um in june mm-hmm and consisted of six episodes as well um and yeah this this follows on after the events of avengers endgame where um loki took the space stone and fucking went wiggity whack out of um (laughs) (laughs) yep go on (laughs) uh but yes he's caught by the the tva the time variance authority Mm -hmm. um and is in the first episode is forced um to undergo several years of character development because <laughs> this is of course uh the loki from 2012 who was the villain of the avengers mm. um not the the good guy who'd gone through the events of thor 2 thor ragnarok and infinity war but essentially they just like said he is an episode and now he is that loki again because they they show him avengers <laughs> they show uh, him yeah, movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah and they sit him down and watch the mcu uh but yeah we have quite fun in this we have uh owen wilson as mobius m mobius mm-hmm. who sort of has like ha- has his handler sort of thing but yeah what's the sort of overall plot of this show uh so yeah he he gets because he's like out of time and should have died in a different timeline he is apprehended by the time variance authority who are hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host outside of time and space uh organization who essentially maintain what they call as the sacred timeline uh, because if things dip from the sacred timeline too much uh then the multiverses exploded all out war uh and loki basically wants to test that theory and see and he wants to visit what is it the time keepers or something um is that who it is uh yeah like yeah yeah um and 
kill them so that he can take over because he, he seeks glorious purpose and along the way uh he's supposed to be he's they're supposed to be like taking down other loki's and other universe and other timelines mm. um including one who goes by sylvie who is a female loki and loki and sylvie end up teaming up uh possibly falling in love and what i thought was Aww. great and a lot of people were like that's disgusting and i was like no no it should have been kinkier it should have been weirder <laughs> i kind of wish they kind of went like yeah they're the same person but don't think about that i wish they made us have to think about it <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think it, it's it's a lot more typical of loki's character to make him make it be like no no he is a narcissist and this is what happens when a narcissist falls in love with himself um Anyway, uh, they end up going to like the end of time or something where they um, they meet Kang the Conqueror, who, do, who doesn't go by that name, but basically says, "If you kill well, me, he's not actually technically oh, Kang. Okay. He's another. He's a variant of Kang. He's a variant of Kang called He Who Remains. Mm. And he says, "If you kill me, the timelines will explode." And so they kill him, and the timelines explode. And then it goes, "Surprise, bitch! This show's getting a second season." <laughs> yeah very nice um okay one thing uh that i think we should that we should start off talking about mm -hmm. um that i know we sort of both felt is that like this has such a a rich mm. premise of like loki taking down loki variants yeah. across time and by the second episode they've run that to yeah. the ground well they haven't run it to the ground they've done no, they the first the one of that and yeah then they go that's it he's found all he's found the main variant yeah. yeah and that's no longer the plot of the show and it's like this could have been your entire season one could have been a procedural and it's like precisely and i, I would have liked to see because wandavision like sends up sitcom tropes um and like really you know because they talk about like marvel t movies are different you know genres like this ant-man's a heist movie mm. winter soldier's a political thriller that like this like uh wandavision is a sitcom and this one should be a procedural so i personally believe that this could have been probably 10 episodes longer and you would i would put those in between episode one and two i think mm. the idea of a procedural show where loki goes around apprehending other lokis is a fantastic story engine for a tv show mm. and it's so weird that they created that and then didn't do anything with it um i really liked the show this is my favorite of the shows right this is the most, cons I, think yeah, the I, most I consistent think one it's not a it's not a hot take to say um to say this is the best one like this mm. is, most people sort of agree this this is the best and some people even say it's crazy how this is still the best one which i think is insane <laughs> um and i hate when the psa stop saying it's crazy that things are still something when it's only been a couple of months it's, it's also not crazy just arrogant to do that when it's just like your subjective opinion i think yeah but it's like crazy how Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies were the best ones. It's crazy Loki held on to the title for two other. There was two other things that came after it. Yeah, right. And it's like that's. It's not crazy that something was better than two things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that's my main criticism of the show is that it should have been much longer and enjoyed its premise a little more and you can introduce sylvie earlier and have that be like a ongoing through line that they know who sylvie is like it doesn't have to mm. be she's not revealed until halfway through the series well, yeah it, it could be that like oh we've got um 
there's okay there's a loki variant in mm. 73 ad yeah and they're like could this be her and they're like we've got to go find out and then maybe you know maybe every, every now and then mm. it is because don't they establish as well that she's jumping through apocalypses as well yeah so that, that's that's what they, they do that's like because essentially anytime she shows up they it creates um her actions affect the timeline and that they can look for those mm. and so loki realizes well if it was me hiding out i would hide at various apocalyptic events because nothing yeah, yeah. i do would change the timeline because it's about to be destroyed so they go to pompeii and um mm. Yeah, and then they find her in a hurricane in 2050. Yeah, you can also explore that, I guess, which is which is interesting. Um, yeah, so I ultimately I really liked a lot of the visuals. I love the the theme music. I thought it was excellent. Some of the best music yeah. that's been in the MCU. Um, again, I would say that the final is probably the weakest episode, if only because a lot yeah. of it is a big conversation. Um, but it's not too bad. It's not as like offensive as Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's definitely better written, and I think the a lot like because when I when I I I, I do have a favorite finale and mm-hmm. um and these and when I sort of say that all the finales have been bad, like people are oh Loki's was good. And it's like, it was good, but it wasn't It's really... still probably the weakest episode of the series. Yeah, and it's not like super consistent with the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, it, it, and I, I, I do like the fact that they subvert it and it's like just a big conversation and it's like, it's an interesting way to to leave. But I thought, and Jonathan Majors was chewing the scenery, really which good. I enjoyed, but also thought, and I was like, oh, I kind of don't want this guy to be our next big bad but then he's not necessarily so i'm sure kang who's appearing in ant-man of the wasp yeah uh, quantum mania as the one who remains he seemed quite benevolent he didn't seem like he would be the villain it seemed like he was wise and mm. good what did you think of so they go to the end of time where a bunch of loki's have it turns out that that's where they've been sent and when you get what's it called pruned when you get pruned, pruned yeah. you're actually sent to the edge of time what did you think of all the class, all the all the different variants of Loki's that we see? Yeah, so there's there's like a there's a classic Loki played by Richard E. Grant. There's a kid Loki, and most funly, funly, uh, an alligator Loki. <laughs> mm. It was great, and I think classic Loki was a great inclusion. Mm. And so he he's a Loki who escaped death by Thanos, mm. and then just hid out, but then got real lonely mm. and tried to make contact with Thor and that then was found and pruned yeah which is like a it was a really interesting like insight into his character but um yeah he sort of has this big uh he creates an an, an entire asgard mm. illusion which you know, shows how powerful he is um and then sacrifices himself and i thought you know for, for showing up in the mid credit scene of episode four and then most of episode five was a, a great little well that's just the richard e grant style baby that's just the power yeah. of richard e grant yeah I, I loved that as well and and like when he's like building the citadel and he's like glorious purpose glorious purpose is such a great kind of like um well catchphrase it? it's not a catch like like uh tagline or slogan like but philosophy yeah. philosophy for yeah. for a character to have to look be looking for glorious purpose i think is very fun i got like is this the so this is the first mcu thing that we am i right this is the first mcu thing we see that truly no there was an iron man back oh, to sure that truly <laughs> deals with the idea of a multiverse this is 
it's it's talked about in Far From Home, but is revealed to yeah, not yeah. be true. And then we get this, and then What If, and then Spider Man No Way Home. Mm. Is it is it all the yeah. same thing? The 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 way that each show each thing deals with the idea yeah. of a multiverse feels like they weren't talking to the other guys necessarily yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, eh? Um, I think probably um, Multiverse of Madness, you'd mm. have to assume, would sort of tie everything together. Well, if that's the case, there's one thing I want answered that has been unanswered across all the multiverse media we've seen so far. Why are some of the Lokis played by Tom Hiddleston and some of them aren't? Mm. But it's not like it's not like there's multiple Richard E. Grants. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like there are there is a handful of of people that loki will look like in different universes it's they all look different but several of them are tom hiddleston and yeah. and also like when you've got someone like sylvie who's like she, the, the big deal is that she's the only woman loki hmm. um well, I was, one of them is an alligator that's true um <laughs> yeah that's almost more interesting than there being a woman loki uh, but she she doesn't go by loki she goes by sylvie she looks completely different and is ostensibly her own person and i was watching the show and i was just like what makes them the same person like mm. uh, you know like it would, it would it would be it would make more sense if like the actress that they hired to play sylvie looked like a female version of tom hiddleston you know, which mm. I don't think would be a very hard to cast. There's probably several people who look like that, and it's just it's I'm just like struck with, the, and it's the same in um, like of you know obviously this probably wasn't even considered by the writing team, but in uh in Spider Man No Way Home, um, why does J Jonah Jameson look the same in MCU universe and the Maguire universe you know like mm. these things aren't really and the, but then in what if everyone looks exactly the, they're played by the same actors you know like like mm. i want some i want some uh some lore or some explanation stitched around this because like i like seeing like the character that like tom hiddleston play a, a more like um gaudy loki in the in the at the end of time in the second last episode where he's the the like one that has like the president button on and mm. he gets his hand bitten off by the alligator i like seeing him play that character and if if the show had been the uh you know 16 17 18 episode long procedural that i wanted it to be i would want tom hiddleston to play all those variants in, in various episodes um yeah but why <laughs> why do some of them look like him and some of them are alligators and some of them are women and some of them are black like what is the point what is the the idea i guess yeah i've just realized where i I finally figured out where i know sylvie from okay and you know i looked this up and somehow like didn't get it at the time but you know in uh in yesterday mm-hmm the film um when he first plays the song yesterday after he's woken up mm. and his friends are all like what did you write that and and he's like it's one of the, you know one of the greatest songs ever written and one of the friends is like well it's not it's not coldplay that's sylvie <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. nice um so that's a fun little realization i had but yeah no i um i agree but then it's like the show was still good so it's like oh i'm any... not these aren't even complaints i'm just waiting for an explanation in the universe yeah. to be given to me yeah mm. i think yeah it, it sort of does try to explain why sylvie's uh, yeah but it's um i i, I also thought she was great as yeah, well. yeah yeah totally um 
uh yeah not just woke trash um, <laughs> <which is> <laughs> yeah i so i think i think that this is a really good series if if a little short it's it's the one it's fine it's probably the one i'd change the most just because i want that procedural but at yeah. the same time i also thought it we, was the best one but uh, speaking of woke trash um mm. i'm playing with fire saying that but um we do get um confirmation of this series as well that loki's bisexual ah of um, course yeah 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 um which was like a a a fun little line that's not dwelled on too much um (laughs) in true disney fashion it's funny how like woke trash to some is like clearly not enough to others if this Mm. was really woke trash which again i probably shouldn't be using that term you would (laughs) instead of casting someone as sylvie you'd just have it be another (laughs) tom edelstein with a, with a, a male version of himself yeah it is funny um like should like we, we should try and like co-opt the term woke trash <laughs> right like, yeah bring it ta- back. like take it back for God, the that'd be like six layers of irony then because like the term woke i don't think i've ever truly used sincerely either it's always been like because other people call it this i'm just trying to mm. explain what i think is being an enlightened good person <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, I mean, do you have much more you want to say about Loki? No, but that is typical of the better ones having less to say mm. about, I guess. I, like, going into the series, I was kind of weirdly least interested in Loki. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, yeah, this is the one I'm really holding out for. And I think there's still that little bit of, like, disassociation with me for Loki that some people are like, Loki's the fucking best thing I've seen on TV all year. And I'm like, it, it doesn't 100% do it for me. I, I did really like it. But again, it's that sort of Marvel thing of, like, I was whelmed. Like, I was expecting it to be good and it was good. So I'm not, like, blown away by it. I think it's it stylistically feels the closest to the avengers out of all the shows so far and so i think that's why people probably resonated with it because it feels Mm. like it's one of the big ones um also uh the cast is really good other than um sylvie you've also got owen wilson who's thought was really really good in this owen wilson i I really owen wilson's such brilliant casting because like he plays a character who's like just a a bureaucrat at the Mm. at the tva and if i was casting that role Owen Wilson is the last person I would think of. Mm. You know, like, I, I, like I don't. It's such an inspired piece of casting, and I don't know why you would think Owen Wilson for that <laughs> role, but it's like it, it's perfect for it. Like, I, I would have cast, like, you know, so a more like hard-boiled detective-y kind of guy, mm. Michael Chiklis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, glad i was able to pull a, a, a random example as funny as michael chiklis out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um but the, th- the thing i will say that, that about it being um about loki is that like so talked about um falcon and the winter soldier falcon and the winter soldier is burdened by the fact that it has to end in a very specific place because we're going to see him again in the movies mm. and i think loki really benefits from the fact that it's a separate adventure it's yeah, like yeah. loki is skewing off the main timeline and can go do his stuff and so that's that's the reason it's of the live action ones it's the only one that's confirmed to get a season two i mean we are getting a captain america movie but um that it's content confirmed to just continue the same storyline mm. and i think that's really because it's the opposite loophole yeah. of of falcon and the winter soldier hmm. because the loophole of falcon and the winter soldier is you don't have to watch the series to understand where captain america 4 will pick up and this is you just don't have to watch the series <laughs> the the, yeah, the yeah, mcu yeah. will go on and exist without ever needing to cross paths with loki outside of jonathan mages playing kang I mm. guess. and even then i'm sure we'll get it 
explained to us. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Loki, yeah, good show. And now for um, what um, might be the worst one. <laughs> uh, so this is a show called What If. Mm. Um, and so this was nine episodes long, supposed to be 10, um, but one was delayed because and held over to the second season because of the um, pandemic. The pandy. Yeah, but I mean, this one, this is an anthology series, so we can sort of just go through each episode yeah. and what we thought of it and then talk at the end about... Um, yeah, so this yeah. is uh, the most TV show. This is the only one you can't log on Letterboxd because it's so explicitly a TV show. You'd have show. to log every episode, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's it's an animated series, which is basically like there's this big interdimensional being called the watcher and he's like i see all the different timelines and so each episode is basically hey what if this happened instead something was slightly different so what if something was slightly different and i gotta say the the scenarios they pick are are weird they're not the first things that would follow like if i said what if (laughs) i think um uh what if uh the world lost its mightiest heroes would not be the next words out of my mouth Uh, my first criticism of the show is i think they should have been more obvious what ifs (laughs) and there there was a report originally that like there would be one episode for each movie in the mcu right and like that's a great idea Mm -hmm. um but yeah i um yeah and, and like some of the what if comics are like this as well mm. um that it's like yeah whatever so we'll, we'll just go through the episodes one by one and we don't need to dwell on them too much but so the first episode is called what if captain carter were the first avenger mm-hmm. and so this is um peggy carter is given the super soldier serum um when steve rogers is wounded before he can take it um and then she kind of just is the same character and mm-hmm. i think this was a weird first choice first boring episode choice. boring episode a, a boring episode to begin with where it's just, yeah it's essentially just like n- like nothing really changes there's this whole thing of the the um the tesseract opens a portal and summons a creature but it's like yeah um steve rogers becomes the first iron man essentially but yeah it, it's uh, it, it's it's such a weird boring like nothing changes mm. you're not you're not you ain't skew off into this tangent yeah cool watcher i'm so glad you showed me this universe but yeah but also this this feels very much like I I would almost guarantee we're going to see Captain Carter in live action. Sure, it see she seems like the one they're going all in on. Right, fantastic yeah. choice of the bad, bad episode, <laughs> bad first episode. Uh, a week later, we had what if T'Challa became a Star Lord, and so this is uh, the Ravagers are sent to Earth to collect Ego's son, uh, but then <laughs> somehow mistakenly abduct T'Challa, mm. and then he's become Star Lord. And he's the uh, he so highlights the episode. He's he managed to like just talk Thanos out of his. Um, I did his like plot. The, I like how dangerous that is. How much that would piss people off is is, is yeah. like he just talked Thanos into being a good guy. Which yeah. if anything, this episode I liked this one probably. This is probably my top top ranking of. This is my favorite one. Um, I didn't love it, but I did think it was quite um, like. Is this saying that because Peter Quill is Star-Lord, all this shit incidentally happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or is it saying it's specifically T'Challa is good enough to prevent Yeah, the only one that could have done yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I just felt like it was a little mean-spirited towards T'Challa for that, to, towards Peter Quill. Well, I, I think, yeah, Thanos is pretty nerfed 
yeah, in yeah. this series as well. But yeah, the, the, this is just like a fun, mm. great little adventure, I thought. Um, and it, it was nice to see T'Challa again, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, Chadwick Boseman passed away. I, I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. I think it just didn't quite reach any interesting heights for me. It was just sort of a fun thing to see as opposed to yeah. like something intensely interesting which I was hoping yeah. for. So the next one is, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Um, so this is like a murder mystery. It's the, mm. the it's Fury's big week, the uh, period of time uh, where Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Thor like all happened within a week. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, is the, the first appearance of, what's her name? Um, <laughs> um, Bruce Banner's love interest oh betty <laughs> yeah yeah betty ross yeah right. and it's also uh mark ruffalo playing bruce banner where in the movies That's right, he yeah, was yeah. played by edward norton i thought that was a under under commented on aspect of this i thought it was kind of interesting mm. um yeah uh, but yeah that's revealed that it was um hank pym mm. was killing everyone and with using the ant-man suit um because hope van dyne died mm. in the line of duty as a shield agent i thought this, and then loki shows up as well yeah i thought this was pretty bad didn't really like this yep. thought it was it was dumb thought there was some really stupid ideas in it um didn't mm-hmm. wasn't invested in the in the mystery thought hank pym showing up was unintentionally funny um yeah yeah didn't didn't like this at all <laughs> yeah yeah this is bad then number four was what if dr strange had lost his heart instead of his hands God, what are these titles like the the allure of calling something what if is so that you can very eloquently and succinctly explain what you're gonna yeah. see this is so <laughs> abstract <laughs> oh yeah so um this one um that his girlfriend christina christine palmer was mm-hmm. in the car when he crashed and you know fucked yeah. up his hands uh but so this time he, he goes to carmitage to like s- still to learn the mystic arts and uh discovering the eye of agamotto decides that he can try and you know mm-hmm. fucking redo time and create it and so he goes back in time a bunch of times to try and save christine but it's like she's fated to die on this night so she always ends up dying uh but then he uses the power of the dark dimension to try and get you know, like get, it's an evil get. doctor strange origin story because they want to do him in the live action movies so they gave him yeah a so, cursory um, acknowledgement here uh this a lot of people like this episode i do not like this episode i really like this one i think that um first of all <laughs> rachel mcadams and benedict Cumberbatch have such little chemistry and it was a relationship i was so not at all invested in in the doctor strange movie that very cynically i find it very hard to believe that her death would cause him to <laughs> be this desperate <laughs> to try and bring it back i just don't yeah. believe in the relationship enough to think he would like spend thousands of years trying to you know turn it turning into mm. this monster to try bring her back um i also thought that it it felt like it was making the really confusing what the multiverse is because rachel mcadams christine palmer dies in every timeline because she's destined to die but that doesn't happen in our 
in the MCU timeline. So what is this? Is mm. this a is this a separate are timelines different from universes? Yeah. Like it's does every universe have a separate timeline in it that that can be adapted? Because when he was going yeah. to different different timelines, I interpreted that as he's crossing different multiverses. Which I don't think is that bad of a leap in a show which is about multiverses. Um and I just thought that made it really confusing. I didn't understand what they were mm. talking about. But yeah, so so the end of this episode, you've got the the two Doctor Strangers, where they're split into like a good one and evil one. The evil one absorbed different creatures mm. to gain power, um, and then the it ends with the evil Doctor Strange absorbing the good Doctor Strange, and then resurrecting Christine Palmer, um, but that destroys reality and his and he begs the Watcher for help, mm. um, and the Watcher refuses to intervene, and uh, because the Watcher can't intervene, that's his whole thing, and um the universe just completely collapses and so he's the only being left in the universe um which i thought was fantastic um and i i thought it was such a great dark ending uh and yeah i really liked this episode i like that it was a dark ending and i i can i can agree that there's some really cool visuals and ideas i just thought the execution um i didn't i wasn't a big fan of yeah Fair enough. Um, the next episode um, was called What If... Dot, 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 zombies? Now we're in the opposite direction for the titles. <laughs> like now, yeah. now it's too simple. Um, so this yeah. one is... It's zombies. I don't think feel I need to... Just pick a, pick a handful of random... Well, I think it's worth um, pointing out. So the group of survivors, you've mm. got Bruce Banner, Hope Van Dyne, Peter Parker, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, and Kurt weird weird fucking yeah. episode weird weird execution weird mix of comedy and and heartbreaking drama um scott lang ant-man's head is kept alive in a jar mm. which i was like what are we watching what is this yeah. i thought this was this, futurama yeah yeah exactly i thought this was so stupid <laughs> yeah um, I, I didn't but like so this essentially they, they they go to find uh the mind stone mm. or something and yeah, but there's this whole thing where they, oh, yeah, the, the mind stone can reverse the virus apparently, um, right? And because uh, Scott has been cured and they kept his head alive, um, but yeah, anyway, they they go to this thing and yeah, it, it, it ends with um, them heading across to Wakanda to broadcast the energy across the world, but then uh, a zombified Thanos mm. shows up with a nearly complete Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, bad episode, bad. Weird. And then this one's getting a spinoff. Uh, there's a Marvel <laughs> Zombies TV show coming. It's unclear if it'll just continue on this or if it's like, but yeah, there's an animated Marvel Zombies show coming. I think I think it's just, first of all, I saw what I thought was undeserved praise for um, Hudson Thames, who plays, who voices Peter Parker doing a Tom Holland impression. I didn't think he was very good. And I also didn't think that he looked like Tom Holland. <laughs> it was weird, like weird how different they made him look in this um and it's also weird to see him be like at the start like making like a how to survive a zombie apocalypse video and it's like your fucking family's dead dude yeah well there's also like, the, the bit when uh like hope van dyne shrinks inside sharon carter mm. and then explodes and then it's like oh i've got sharon on me yeah and it's like those your best friends <laughs> yeah yeah weird episode um but then episode six we had what if killmonger rescued tony stark mm -hmm. so this is um the the start of the original iron man um and then he is saved by killmonger from black panther mm -hmm. and 
then Killmonger actually exposes Obadiah Stane before um, the events of Iron Man and then he, him and Stark team up and they make these combat drones mm-hmm. and um, they get vibranium from Claw and stuff and then they go to attack Wakanda um, what, the Killmonger kills Tony who dies in all of his appearances mm. in What If and then goes to attack Wakanda um, and it's this this whole thing and it ends on a very like cliffhanger kind of note uh, like the last one which is a w- weird for a show which is explicitly not going to have follow-up yeah. episodes um i thought uh, i thought this one was great i thought this this, this is it. definitely one of the better ones um i did like it i think this probably should have been the first episode to be honest this feels mm. like it's 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 neutral enough of the concept to be the first episode i think well and it's also like it's a what if based on the first event in the first exactly MCU. and what if killmonger rescue tony stark is a good sentence <laughs> it's a sentence mm. i understand that isn't particularly poetic or anything and so i i think that's a good place to start the series Again, I didn't love it. I thought the the cliffhanger ending was weird. And I thought that, um, and this is a problem I'm starting to have a lot more with the MCU and had with Captain America, with um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I just agree with (laughs) Killmonger's beliefs. (laughs) Like, I don't necessarily condone the killing, which again is like the, the writers have put that on it. But I find it very difficult to like, feel like I'm supposed to see a villain in someone who I think upholds a better form of justice than the avengers do um or at least believes in a better form of justice than the avengers do um but yeah no i liked it i thought it was good i thought Mm. it was cool to to see michael b jordan back yeah yeah he's great uh the next one was what if thor were an only child and uh this is essentially just what if that yeah well i'll tell you okay um you interrupted me telling you to ask me again um what if i didn't uh, do that (laughs) oh my god what if um so this is essentially like thor just goes partying across the universe and they have a big party on earth and um they keep partying then carol danvers shows up they have a big fight and then the whole world cleans up the party because frigga's on her way to earth frigga thor's mom um but then um an army of drones shows up led by Ultron in his vision body and he possesses all six infinity stones and then the episode ends. And yeah, I thought this one was bad. Some of it's fun. Some of the little... Um, bad episode. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Why is the series so bad? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to focus on this one, but... Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even like that it ended with Ultron showing up. I was like, no, yeah, leave it as it its own, own thing. Yeah. Like, But yeah, so that's explained to the next episode. What if Ultron won? Mm. again it makes sense as a sentence mm-hmm. but yes yeah, they so should have all been yeah. called something like this they should have all been yeah. titled the same style as this yeah so ultron it's like after his he's gotten the mind stone and the vibranium body that he was building in age of ultron and he's defeated the avengers he's, there's a nuclear holocaust which has killed most of humanity and then thanos appears on earth to complete the infinity gauntlet and ultron just fucking cuts him in half and takes the rest of the infinity stones and then creates this army and um then he hears the watcher um mm. because like because he's so powerful um uh, discovering the existence of the multiverse and then attacks the watcher and they have this big fucking fight and then this very much leads into a part two which is the finale and i i had a chilling realization 
um going into this and that like and enjoying this episode that i was like this show is going to end bad because here's my reviews of the first eight episodes in the series episode one hate episode two love episode three hate episode four love episode five hate episode six love episode seven hate episode eight love and i was like it's actually insane (laughs) how specifically this is divided into Mm. every odd numbered episode is bad and every even numbered episode yeah, is good yeah. i know you don't necessarily agree with that but i thought it was like the most clear-cut i agree thing. i agree i didn't love the ones that you loved but i agree that those are yeah. the better episodes this was my favorite episode what if ultron one. Yeah, this, this one's great i thought this was 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 pretty good um and i yeah. thought that the the idea it explored was worth exploring and i like that this is the sort of like true breaking the format of the show episode where he, he sees the watcher and the watcher has to mm. i like when the watch is like what the hell <laughs> <That's> mm. so <laughs> funny <laughs> he's got such a big head <sighs> yeah i don't know i thought this was the best one mm. and i wish this this series was three episodes long <laughs> those episodes were the t'challa one uh the the Killmonger rescue Tony Stark and Ultron one. I think those are the only good episodes. <laughs> but then, yeah, sort of part two of this is we get what if the Watcher broke his oath, and so we get the Guardians of the Multiverse. Mm, who didn't see that coming? <laughs> they they team up. Um, yeah, and, uh, there there is quite a cool thing though. And like in the first episode, you'll see you might see like the watch like some stars in the sky sort of make the Watcher's eyes, and mm. then slowly he gets closer and closer to the yeah, action yeah, until yeah. you know like he he appears in the sky, and then. Um, he just straight up appears and says, hey, I need your help, guys. And mm. so he recruits Strange Supreme, uh, Captain Carter, Star-Lord T'Challa, Party Thor, uh, Black Panther, Killmonger, and uh, Gamora from the, the Gamora episode. episode. where she killed Thanos. What a... Yeah. So this is the del- the the delayed episode, um, mm. which uh, it's just, to me, it's like, hey, guys, make figure it figure it out yeah <laughs> you cannot hear you cannot hear this episode before the episode where gamora and tony yeah. go on an adventure together you can't yeah, it's, it's, it's tony on sakar yeah, and so yeah. apparently that was like this is the big tony episode supposed supposedly well, we got and the people were like one. I felt like that was a pretty big Tony episode. Uh, oh no, I mean like so. He, so he dies in every appearance in what if as it is, but there was like except for this. Yeah, one. we didn't realize, but he yeah there's like there's only like one episode where he like where things work out for him and we cut it from mm. season from season one but figure yeah, it out and you, you cannot air this episode without having aired that episode first <laughs> yeah but yeah it's fucking this one's fucking stupid man um they zola's in it and he manages to take control of ultron's body and mm. but then killmonger gets the stones and and then they, they do that with Kill, Killmonger gets the stones and he's even and I was like you want this guy to be a villain so bad that you're gonna like give him like I didn't I thought there was an, an unrealistic thing for Killmonger to do I don't think Killmonger is power hungry I think he is he wants to serve up well he's not called he's not called Mame Monger <laughs> but I just I don't know I, it felt like a, a bit of a character assassination do you not think Killmonger's power hungry no, actually, I'm, I'm. I would say that's his entire character. No, it's not power. What? Well, no, it's not power for the sake of power, though. Which is what like Ultron is. He wants to make the world a better place, and he gets the 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 gauntlet, and he's got it on his hand, and he basically says, 
I'm going to end racism with the Infinity Stones. And everyone's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's just like, let him do it. It's what if. Let him do it. What's the worst that could happen? What what if if Killmonger ended racism? What if Killmonger ended racism? Just have that be an episode. Like, it's so stupid. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, uh, as it stands, this is the worst I just I thought this was so bad. I thought this was such a bad show, and I only watched it out of obligation. And I thought some of them were great. (laughs) And I just I thought I just think that like because this is getting a season two, and it's like something I'm so uninterested in seeing. Jeffrey Wright plays the Watcher, by the way. Yeah, ninety three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's because it's fucking Marvel, and everyone fucking (laughs) is blinded by their love for it, unless it's Eternals, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, also in, in terms uh, of like future, hundred percent Haley Atwell is going to play mm-hmm. Captain Carter in live action somehow. They also didn't do Mark what Roberts. if the other half of the universe got snapped, which to me is yeah. the best idea you could do with this concept, and yeah. the, that should be the season two finale. And I bet it'll yeah. suck. I bet it'll be really fucking boring. Oh, unless it's a <laughs> um, oh, an even numbered episode. But the, um, there was also a T- Star Lord T'Challa spinoff planned, uh, which got um, canned after. Of Joke passed away. The, this is my final thought on what if Marvel's what if. I think it's weird that they have built this as part of Phase Four mm. because I think it's too inconsequential to be counted in as part of the main series. And I think that all the episodes were too long. I think they all tried to cram too much into it. And I think these should have been half as long as they were, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they should have all been dropped at once on Disney Plus and been treated mm-hmm. as sort of like this extracurricular thing you can watch, similar to something like Forky Asks a Question for Toy Story. I wish these were smaller scale because i think they would be i think they would make them better but it also mean i don't have to watch them (laughs) which i realize is an incredibly indicting thing to it's such a bad review i wish these were better so i didn't have to watch them (laughs) (laughs) so that now we're on to the last series for the year Mm -hmm. which was hawkeye um which was a, a christmas um series um, mm. So this premiere came out from the. Was this the biggest gap between shows? Uh, maybe this was like uh, yeah, October to November. Um, no, yeah, it's about the same length as the um, gap between Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki. Okay. Um, still, did not expect that. Didn't didn't know this was going to air this year until after What If had finished. Like I, <laughs> I remember being announced, like no, no, it's going to air this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is Hawkeye about? All right, so Hawkeye is about um, Hawkeye, and he's in New York with his family, and um, then uh, Haley Steinfeld, who plays Kate Bishop, um, she is, is like looks up to Hawkeye, and she um, finds the Ronin suit that he wore during the blip, the five years um, between everyone coming back, where he killed a bunch of people, and and she wears it, and this this lights up a bunch of people's radars that that the ronin's about and mm. so hawkeye finds her to protect her there's a whole bunch of different parties try, basically trying to kill clint i think is mm. sort of the plot of this um for various reasons um despite having seen this the most recently i am struggling to tell you the plot for it because 
I thought this show felt like several B or C stories slammed together and everything in it felt like you don't need to pay attention to the storyline as much as the main storyline. But then there wasn't a main storyline, mm. so I can't uh, re- remember what a lot of it is about. Yeah, um, hot take time. I think this is the best one. I think it's the I most consistent one. Definitely the most consistent one. I think. It- yeah, this this is the only one that the finale of it just felt like a climax of a story. Which also makes me think um, this probably would have felt better as a movie, maybe, or, or yeah. released all at once, like as a as a all yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. released at once um i didn't love it but i liked it and didn't yeah have I, I really really liked this one but yeah also you have uh florence Pugh show up as yelena mm-hmm. uh the the black widow and she's you know avenging her sister's death and and but then you know as she's about to deliver the killing blow on clint they sort of realize that they both loved natasha and it's a nice mm you send off for that character who didn't get like a proper one in endgame but yeah, you also have uh tony dalton as jack duquesne who is a very fun character mm-hmm. who's uh lalo from breaking uh from better call soul yeah who's you believe to be the villain for much of the series but it's just a guy who loves swords it's actually um, the, was... the real villain is actually vera famiga surprise mm. this this a-list actress that we cast as an incidental character ends up being quite crucial to the plot would you consider vera famiga an a-list actor uh big enough that you wouldn't just cast her as the main character's mum mm. maybe not Amos. she is over 30 though so like as a female actress kind of falls off the radar a little right. bit i think i think more what i'm saying is is like she just she just it like unsuspiciously played a, a the kate bishop's mum for so much of it that it was like why why have you cast vera formiga as this character yeah um also um in the finale we have showing up because there's there's talk of like the big guy Mm. throughout it and there's like yeah there's there's a guy that you don't want to mess with and in the uh, penultimate episode it's revealed to be wilson fisk aka kingpin um and then he appears in the finale played by vincent d'onofrio who played him in the daredevil tv series Mm. um bringing that also into the fold which was revealed the same night as um spoilers for spider-man no way home that daredevil appeared in that movie hmm. i i i i liked the series but i the, the vincent yeah. d'onofrio thing i was like i just have i've never seen daredevil and i felt yeah, like the show <laughs> did not do a very good job of like like it, it, it should have felt like this is the first time we've seen kingpin yeah, see, I like I, I I saw you say something like that, but I didn't. I I thought it did fine. I just didn't know what his deal was, and he was like invulnerable, and I don't know. I again, he's I, just a I big, he's a chonky boy. That's his whole power. That's his whole thing. He's a chonk. I also had to put subtitles on for every episode. I thought the sound mix was hard to uh, to decipher, um, which is funny because it's a show that a lot of it is about being deaf. Um, yeah, there's that one episode where I couldn't hear anything for the first five minutes. <laughs> And I don't know. I, I again. I'm not. I don't want to praise it too much because I don't think it was great, but it was fine. Um, there's also uh, uh, one of the main characters is Echo, who's getting mm. her own spinoff, and she was played by. God, where is she on the cast list? Is she at the bottom? No, where is she? <laughs> is her name not Echo? <laughs> Fra Fee. No, uh, I like uh, I like a Cox, Maya Lopez. Okay, there you go. 
Uh, cool. Yeah, there you go. Maya Lopez as as Echo, who's getting her own series. Who's a in real life, she's deaf and um a, a, has a fake leg. That's real. Yeah. She's a real amputee, um, which is cool because you know what's cool, Richard? Representation. Like trash. Rep- representation. <laughs> representation is great. And between this and Eternals. I think it's a it, they should be a little bit commended for for representing, um, you know, like deaf representation and and that sort of thing. We also got things like um, a quiet place also doing that for people. Uh, yeah, I I I and Eternals. Yeah, I said that. Yep, yeah, you did. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, <guys. laughs> um, I don't know. Again, like for me, this is like it's one of the good ones. So I don't have much to talk about. Mm. I I thought. Oh, yeah, I thought this was great. I think it get yeah, Kate Bishop. I, I really liked as a character, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I, one interesting thing actually that we haven't spoken about is that all of these shows sort of serve to set up like a young Avengers character. So like WandaVision introduces Tommy and Billy, but they 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 die by the end of it. But mod the post credit scene. Apparently, I didn't notice this. I saw it on Wikipedia just now that it's like she hears her children screaming while she's astral projecting and starting studying the dark old. Yeah. So they are real in some multiverse. I, I guess. Know. I guess my terrible sound system on my TV prevented yeah. me from hearing that. Falcon and the Winter Soldier introduces a, a younger Falcon. Hawkeye has this young. Who's the younger Falcon? He gives us um to a guy called Torres, I believe. Okay. Yeah, Joaquin Torres and Loki. I mean, we get Sylvie, I guess, but um, is young Loki. I mean, Loki's kind of a separate thing. But then Hawkeye, we get Kate Bishop explicitly, and then like um, Black Widow gave us Yelena, uh, Yelena, and so it's like it, it does feel very much like we're getting some sort of young you know, Avengers. The, the, Did you see the yeah. thing where um? where there was like a panel and someone asked Hayley Steinfeld if there's going to be a Young Avengers movie and she yeah, like yeah. turns around and looks at Kevin Feige who like shoots her a death glare. He screams with his eyes. <laughs> um, so I imagine we'd probably see Spider-Man in that as well, right? Young Avengers. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Cool, do it. Fuck so it. The Marvel TV shows for 2021. Um, oh, what do you think? What did you think of Rogers, the the Steve Rogers musical? Uh, I thought it was great, and so I, it was it was real funny because I, uh, I I was quite late. I watched the first episode. And I, I was like watching it with friends, kind of thing. But because of daylight savings, now the episodes used to come out at 7 p.m. and now they come out at 9 p.m. Mm. And so to organize like, and then the, they released the first two episodes together, and so it was like oh it's too late to watch two episodes and then we're like we'll watch the next one next week and then just kept getting pushed and i ended up like not watching until the whole series was out um but i had seen tiktoks about hawkeye having the worst post-credit scene in the mcu (laughs) and it's just a massive extended part of rogers the musical and i thought it was so funny (laughs) i was i think i was disappointed because i was expecting something important it to pan to someone yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yelena being like i should have gone to the Eiffel to the the, 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 the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna say Eiffel Tower, but um i mean uh if i state building because she talks about wanting to see that that would have been but good. yeah it, it, um I, I thought it was funny i think it's a fun little troll um and it's like you obviously put on this musical so they're just like we want to show it to you mm. but i also like that um yeah in spider-man no way home in the opening scene when he's like swinging away from the paparazzi 
there's several billboards for Rogers the Musical. Oh, cool. I didn't know. So I guess the yeah. Christmas that Hawkeye is set at is the same Christmas that Spider-Man No Way Home ends on? Well, I mean, Broadway musicals run for a long time, so. True. All righty. Um, yeah, so so I thought that, that um, yeah, that was fun. So what's what's on the horizon for Marvel TV? What shows? is on the horizon? Surely so it won't be just as much. <laughs> so um, spoilers: that- if you go on the Wikipedia page, it is a very long table of of yeah. new TV shows coming out. So um, we've got um, coming in twenty twenty two. We've got Moon Knight, uh, which I'm very excited for, starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Um, we've got She Hulk. We've got Secret Invasion. Uh, and Ms. Marvel, and then we've also got a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming in December. Yeah, what are you excited for out of those? She-Hulk. I'm yeah, interested. Interestingly, She-Hulk's 10 episodes, I didn't realise. Uh, do you know why? They're gonna. That'll be the procedural. Hopefully. That'll be the legal procedural, so they're giving it 10 episodes because you need... If, these, if the one thing a procedural needs, it's a lot of episodes. It's 10 episodes. <laughs> It's exactly I am looking forward to that. I like that Mark Ruffalo is going to be in it. I think it it looks really interesting. Um, and mm, it's you got added... Tim Roth in it. Mm. Oh, do you really? And, um, is he in Jamila it? Jamila Jamil. Oh, yeah, Tim hell Roth yeah. Is, is yeah. As Emil 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 Blonsky. I love that they're bringing him back. That's great. That's I didn't know he was back in it. That's 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 got me really excited. Um, yeah, I I think She Hulk is the most interesting sounding one of these. I think Moon Knight is. Yeah, that'd be my my next pick. Um, yeah, um, Moon Knight's a fun character. Oscar Isaac's great, and I and Ethan Hawke's someone who's been. Oh, he said he's inspired by cult leader David Koresh. Ethan Hawke's David Koresh. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you know much about him? If it's who I'm thinking of, um, oh no, no, I was thinking of the Heaven's Gate guy. This is the the Waco. He was part of the Waco. Oh, Wait, Waco. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know much about him, but. Um, it's an interesting um, reversal of our dynamic for you to correct my pronunciation of things <laughs> twice in Scottish and Waco succession. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but yeah, Ethan Hawke's been someone that's been like pleaded to join a mm. superhero movie in the past, and has always said, I, "I would do one. I just want. I would want, you know, the role to be meaty, kind of thing." Mm. Um, and yeah, the, the fact that this that this convinced him and he said that um uh oscar isaac was wanting to work with him was partially as well why um secret invasion should be interesting um it's got nick fury in it Uh, this is one because like secret invasion is like if you if it's just going to be entirely new characters because you've got like olivia coleman and amelia clark in it but it's like i feel like for secret invasion to really hit home you need and also Ben Mendelsohn's going to be in it as Talos. Um, you need like to reveal that people are Skrulls. And it's like, oh, Olivia Coleman's brand new character is a Skrull. Okay. Well, I think, no, true. But I, I also think that um, uh, it may be better to have a main character invented for Secret Invasion whom all these characters can be revealed as Skrulls around, right? Hmm. Who's going to be a Skrull? Sharon Carter? <laughs> 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 um you got ms marvel which was originally supposed to come out this year um right and like at the end of uh 2020 i think it was announced as being part of the 2021 slate okay um but yeah, that'd be fun and then she's gonna appear in the marvels and then guardians of the galaxy holiday special will be fun and apparently that's going to lead directly into um the third one it's going to be filmed concurrently kind of thing nice 
Um, yeah, and then according to Wikipedia, we've also got an in, indeterminate time in the future. We've got mm. Ironheart, Armor Wars, an untitled Wakanda special, uh, series, an untitled Halloween special, uh, Loki Season 2, What If Season 2, Echo, um, Agatha House of Harkness, the Agatha Harkness spinoff, Spider-Man Freshman Year, which is an animated yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming prequel. Do we know yeah. if like Tom Holland's going to be in it? You would have to hope he would be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then Marvel Zombies is getting its own show, and then an untitled Destin Daniel Cretan series. So, a lot of fucking... Are you excited to see Destin Daniel Cretan? Who's he? Uh, he directed uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, what, so what do we reckon the show is going to be? Uh, Probably some Shang-Chi adjacent <laughs> thing, but yeah, he said... um, uh, But also that Halloween special is apparently based on uh, Werewolf by Night. Who's that about? Oh, it's Well, there we go. So let us know, everybody, what you thought of the Marvel shows. Um, I overall thought quite a weak offering, um, but there's some good stuff in there. That's that's cool. Good for them. Um, yeah, um, some some weak offering. He said on our off weakering <laughs> podcast. How have we never thought of that joke before? Because we're off weakering. That's that's what we should call it now when we're recording an off week. A week off. <laughs> and. <laughs> a week off. Uh, an off week. I get it. I get it. A week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If <laughs> let us know what you all thought of the Marvel shows. I'm sure um, got a lot of. You, you make a podcast about Marvel. You get people you haven't seen on the Discord in years showing back up to, <laughs> to tag me personally in a post to tell me that I'm objectively wrong. I love it. Do it. Tell me that. It's, it's funny. I think it's funny. Um. So yeah, let us know. What did I get? Am I am I so wrong in my political allegiances and, and what I how I view certain aspects of certain shows through that? Um, or Richard? Maybe Richard's wrong. Unlikely, <coughs> but it could. It's happened. You didn't know how to pronounce David Koresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we've done a good job of wrapping up the the Marvel updates since our MCU episode. Mm. Um, and uh, I can't wait to do this every year till the end of time. Yep. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting us on all the places you can like us on. Um, we follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can join our Discord, which there's a, a, list, a link to in the show notes. And there is also a Patreon, patreon.com slash where if you join it, you get to be a part of our post credit scene segment, which is coming up appropriately in our Marvel episode. Uh, uh, just after this music post post credits what did i say no i was saying like that it's, oh, it's right. appropriately coming yeah. post the credits yeah cool welcome along to the post credit <laughs> scene this is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate five dollars or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this the post credit scene richard lay it on me who's it from and what is it uh well ooh, all right Today's post credit scene comes to us from uh, Sam Page, who says, "I am currently watching Toy Story Four. This is a film franchise that has left me with a lot with long-lasting misery and existential dread. <laughs> Even as an adult, I find these films upsetting, charming but upsetting." Cop Popsha, have you experienced anything similar? Any advice? 
Uh, yeah, there's plenty of shows or movies which I just find so miserable, but but like excellent that I don't want to mm. watch again. I remember um, feeling this way about a film called Elephant by Gus Van Sant. I remember feeling this way about um, Darren Aronofsky's Mother, though I did then watch Mother again. I watched. I might have told the story of the podcast before. I watched Mother at a group of people after I'd already seen it, and afterwards people were trying to figure out what it all meant. I hadn't told. I hadn't said what the you know, popular interpretation was. And then one of my friends was like, so it was a metaphor for like the story of Genesis and the Bible. And then everyone in the room was like, what are you talking about? I don't think that's what it is at all. And I was like, what? Are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's clearly that. And it was really funny because the person who had picked up on it was not the most like movie literate friend in the friend group and but it understood it more than anyone else and that was a fun. was the most bi- biblically literate maybe probably <laughs> mm. just watches every film through that lens and was finally right for once. <laughs> um um yeah i don't know um yeah i feel like i am filled with long-lasting misery and existential dread most of the time but so it's, it's movies not- are actually an escape for you <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my that's my advice is um watch movies <laughs> watch more miserable movies mm. 